let's uh let's do something so fucking amazing and completely out there that it blows everybody's socks off that's just how i'm feeling today i'm just like i just have this feeling that i don't know i don't care what other people think but i just want to blow their socks off i just want people to like listen to it this time and be like fuck that just changed my life so how do we do that (laughs) i mean i'm still stuck on the expression blow your socks off because i really started thinking about it the more you said it i'm like that doesn't make a ton of sense to me but i get it (laughs) how does that not make sense it's like when something is so amazing that you burst out into the air and your socks are literally blown off it just seems like the last thing that would get blown off. But I mean, I guess if something is that amazing, sure, it makes sense. I'll go with it. It must have happened at some point. I guess. Or how for them to be an expression about it. But then, it, like, would it have been, uh, like, an expression that meant something completely different? And then we just started using it for what we're using it for now. And it's completely, whoa, toast. Um, completely opposite of what it started out as it's quite possible that is typically what we do as a generation we steal things and we make completely different meanings out of them yeah i saw it i think it was on um that terrible terrible place that we all seem to end up going anyhow facebook and there was a post about like all these expressions that people like that you or people use like way back when. Um, and I can't remember most of them. Uh, dirt poor being that you had a, a, a dirt floor. So you were dirt poor. Um, and then the threshold because of the, to hold the thresh inside of your house when you had money and then throwing the baby out with the bath water because the baby was the last one to get a bath. So the water was so fucking dirty that uh, you might accidentally throw the baby out. So I don't know how accurate they were because it was on Facebook. And I mean, the Russians write half of the stuff that's on there, but uh, it just got me thinking about uh, those things. And then I guess I said, blow your socks off. And then you were like, what does that mean? So well, I mean, you say Maybe. that a lot. <laughs> I don't think it's just the Facebook a- posts. You do say that a lot. <laughs> huh. Interesting. I don't even know what I say half the time. Um, which is actually very accurate. I really honestly don't know what I'm saying half the time. <laughs> because that's what, that is uh, what happens when you let go, is you stop filtering what you say. That's what I'm going to go with. So when people are like, what, what did you just say? I'll just be like, no filter. I let go. I let go of all control over my filter. <laughs> See, I was going to go a different direction with that. But I also, <laughs> I also agree the direction you took with it. Because the direction I was going to go, it was like, I mean, that's because most people aren't aware of anything in their lives, um, let alone what they say. And I was going to take the whole route of like what you say becomes like, is directly related to your thoughts and what you're thinking is directly what you're going to come up with in your reality and et cetera, et cetera. But I also like the direction you took because you're correct. There's a lot of times when I'm teaching or working with people or working with myself or whatever, and I say something and I'm like, I don't even know where that came from, but it made sense to me. So I'm going to roll with it. That's well, that's why I started doing it because I would be teaching and I would say something like super profound and I mean, you know me, I'm not exactly like what some would call a profound person. Uh, And I'd be like, wow, that wasn't me. If that wasn't me, who was it? And I don't have an alien inside of my head that I'm aware of. So it must have been my subconscious. And if my subconscious is that smart, maybe I need to let it think for me and talk for me a little bit more than I am. (laughs) And that's where I was coming from with that thought. Um, But There we go. We went on a strange direction with that. Um, <laughs> but isn't there a lot of like lines of thinking that say that your subconscious is really just a reflection of like what you've been preconditioned to believe? So then your subconscious isn't actually necessarily the smarter one. Isn't like I like I know what you're saying, but I'm also like counterpointing you with this because I know there was something I read or like been told or whatever where your subconscious is just it's operating I guess that would be the shadow subconscious I guess that's what I'm thinking yeah. of yeah because isn't it more of the like the okay yeah the shadow of your subconscious or yes 
I understand what you're saying. Cause it, like the conscience is, uh, that is filtered a lot by what you have been conditioned to, um, through different events in your life and everything like your conscience is, uh, is going to be, um, affected a lot by stuff that's happened to you and, uh, beliefs that you have, uh, held on to. Um, but yeah, I guess there would be a shadow for your subconscious and then your, uh, magnetic subconscious as well, wouldn't there? Yeah. Because at some point, like it's, yeah, your subconscious is your, essentially it's your baseline. Like it's yes, who you are and all this stuff at a purest level, but it's also, um, like in, in the periods of time in your life before we were conscious. So like thinking before the ages of really independent thinking. So like two years old and under, it's not like, like anything that happened to us during those periods of time or periods of trauma or whatever, it gets filtered down and suppressed into our subconscious. So if it hasn't been dealt with to some extent, it influences and it filters our subconscious processing. So I'm trying to think of a good example, but I'm not finding one immediately come to mind. But it's like, it's like if you've had some experience that caused you to um, think a certain way, whether it be like from a trauma that's directed your subconscious to react out of fear or react out of protectiveness versus how you would normally react, which is just to trust that instinct and do whatever else is an option. I'm giving a horrible example because it's not even an example, but I think you'll get what I mean. I get where you're going with this. Sorry, I'm making eggs right now and I had to find a spatula. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, welcome, <laughs> welcome to your horse is not the problem. <laughs> and here we are, episode seven. Is it episode seven already? Yeah, because we this is this is our last week's episode that we haven't recorded yet. So here we are recording it. And the episode oh. before that was episode six. And so it would be episode seven. So I guess the theme for this episode, there is no theme. Is um, there ever a theme? <laughs> the, the direction that we're going in. Okay, so what we were just talking about. Let's meander into some new territory. Um, how does that affect your horse? Um, it, if you've got, uh, now I'm having some serious difficulty with my English muffin. Um, focus. <laughs> focusing on two things at once, English muffin and talking words. Um, so when we're working with our horses and, um, we're hanging out in the place I mean, like, there's so many places we could be hanging out in. We could be hanging out in complete, like, not there at all. So completely not in the present. And uh, um, the reactions that we end up getting from our horse when we're there are different than when we're completely in the present. But if we're in, the like, a negative space versus... Um, I don't want to use the word negative and positive. I'm going to avoid using that word. Um, not a... What's a, a good... Come on now. Words, words, words. Go. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what you're trying to say, but I mean, if you're okay, so a negative, keep going. Cause I'm not sure where you're going yet. Okay. So I'll have to use negative and positive because I don't, I can't think of better words right now. And then you can insert better words after I'm done. Okay. So, okay. So you're riding there. Like there's, there's different places that you can ride from. Um, you can ride from a place where you're just not like, you're not there at all. You're thinking about other stuff that's going on in your life. And maybe you're using the horse as you hear a lot of people say this, they're like, Oh, I just use my horse or I don't use my horse. Maybe they are using their horse, um, to just escape my life and get away. And it's just something for me. So it's riding from like this really selfish, it ends up being a pretty selfish place, um, where, you're not really riding with the horse or for the horse. Um, you're just riding to escape from something. So you're, you're hiding in reality. Like that's what you're doing. You're hiding. Um, so then if you're riding more into, and I don't know if the subconscious conscious is the way to go with it or like how there's definitely a better way to explain this. So then if you're riding, from let's say uh subconscious or like you're you're in the present moment 
um, and you're you're in the present moment, but you're allowing those negative thoughts to come through. So you're riding more from your shadow and you're riding from a place of like that ego where, no, this horse has to do this because, um, I, I told it, I commanded it, therefore it has to do it. And anytime something goes wrong, it's the horse's fault and riding from that place. So when you're riding a little bit more from that place, from that shadow place, um, then, that's you're, you're riding that horse to inflate your ego and you're riding that horse to make, to get that, um, exterior validation. If the horse does a good thing for you, then that's that validation. Like, yeah, I'm awesome. And if the horse isn't working for you, then right away it's going, Oh, this horse is crap. Um, and I know we've all seen people that ride from these different places and we've probably all rode from these different places, but like you can actually monitor your growth uh, as a human being, just on how you treat the horses and, and how you look at the horses. So then the next place would be riding in that subconscious and riding in the moment and then starting to ride from gratitude and like riding with that horse. So you're allowing them to be part of the conversation and instead of blaming or instead of hiding or needing that validation from that horse, you start riding from that place where you're like, okay, I'm here what are we, what are we working on today? What do we need to learn today? And you kind of incorporate that horse into part of the conversation. Uh, I said that already. I'm repeating myself. Um, but that, that kind of changes it. And there's probably more places that you can go from here because as soon as the horse becomes part of the conversation, they start being able to say to you, like right now you're riding from your ego, man. Like this isn't my problem. I'm not doing this to make it like to uh, make a problem or because I really enjoy turning your day to shit. I'm doing this because this is exactly what you're asking for and exactly where you're coming from. If you're going to talk to me from your ego, this is what you get. Mm -hmm. And the horse will throw that back at you every time and it not throw that back in like a negative connotation, but they'll, they'll mirror that for you. And when you really start picking up on that, then you really start being able to say, oh my goodness, take that step back. That was totally my shadow right there. I am so sorry. I can't believe I did that. Or, or be like, wow, that is what gratitude feels like. That is what it feels like to just be in my space and hold space for you. That's what that feels like. And then you're able to take that into other parts. Um, I don't know where it goes from there because that's just like the place that I am right now that I'm feeling. And then I'm kind of taking, like those are the other places that I've seen or that I've experienced. But um, I mean, add to that, please. Use words that are smarter than the words I use. Um, No, I mean, that was pretty good. I understand what you're getting at. Um, my question to that though is like you and I know what this feels like because we're at that point slash going through that point, but how does somebody who like maybe hasn't figured out what like operating from a place of ego means or operating from a place of gratitude means, like how would you break that down for somebody? They would come to our retreats and we'd show them. (laughs) Yes. There is that option. That was a great option. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was my ego. Um, she sneaks into conversations all the time. She's so sassy. Uh, okay, that's, I mean, that's a really good fucking question. Um, so when you're, I guess it would be the avoidance. Um, so instead of reflecting back on yourself, uh, when you're riding, you're, um, you're taking what's happening and you're right away, you're saying, why is this horse doing this? And you're saying uh, things like, oh, my horse is having a bad day or my horse, you're, you're coming up with excuses for why the horse can't function or excuses for why you can't function. Um, I have a headache today. I didn't get a good sleep. Uh, I ate a burger and now I have indigestion, like all of these different things. Or my horse doesn't like that end gate. My horse doesn't like when the sun shines in that window at that angle at this time of day. My horse doesn't like, like insert whatever you want. So you end up coming up with excuses for why things aren't working or blaming the horse for when things aren't working. Um, And 
when things do start working, then you end up going, you get that validation like, oh man, I'm so awesome. Um, which is like, that's a good feeling. I'm not saying like, well, if you have that feeling, then you're garbage. And I'm not saying that if you're in this place that you're garbage, this is just like part of growth. Um, and part of growth is realizing when you go to that place and not saying, um, oh, I need to get out of that place. This is bad, but acknowledging that place and where that's coming from and then understanding why you do that and, um, trying to like move past it to something that feels better that you don't need that validation. So when, when that horse is doing something really awesome and you're like, you're like, wow, this is amazing. Um, and you're taking the credit for it. Then a lot of times that's coming, that's coming from the ego. That's coming from the shadow. Um, instead of that place where you're like, how did I deserve this? Like, this is amazing. And being grateful for that horse in that moment. Um, and I think like when you feel that and you start seeing it for what it is, I think it becomes pretty, like it starts becoming pretty obvious. Um, and then the other place, um, when you start operating out of that shadow a little bit more and not out of that shadow, but like, uh, words, words, um, when you start operating from that place of like more gratitude and love and where you're like seeing things for what they are a little bit more, and being in the present moment, like really like working with that horse from intent and from your heart, um, things change because then you start, you start hearing the conversation that's going on and seeing the conversation because like no matter what, and no matter how crazy I sound right now, when I'm saying that you have a conversation with your horse, um, it's a full blown conversation. They're still a living, breathing being. They have thoughts um, they understand things. They can see things that we can't see. They're a prey animal. So they need to be able to see this. They need to be able to see this intention and be able to see deep down to the root of something. So when, um, when we start listening to that and we start working from that place of intent and gratitude, I think you know when you're there, when all of a sudden everything gets easy and not not easy and like it's just handed to you but all of a sudden I mean really it is it's easy because it just gets handed to you you're riding your horse and you're thinking um hey I want to I want to go over to that gate and grab my coffee something as simple as that this is one I think a lot of horse people would understand um and your horse just side passes up to the coffee for you without any cues, without really being asked for anything, they just side pass up and they're like, yeah, grab your coffee, man. You really need it. You're kind of <laughs> not on your A game right now. I think um, another, yeah. I think another way of wording some of that, and this is maybe more related to riding from um, a place of ego is like, instead of like you're, you kind of to step out of that, you kind of have to lose your reactiveness. Like a lot of riders yeah. ride very reactively. So every little thing is sets them off and they get very focused on fixing that one thing. Um, so like to use your, <clears throat> Oh, my voice. Uh, there it goes. Um, to use your example of going over to get your coffee from a fence post or whatever, you're right. Like if you are riding with intention and you're in that moment and you're just going with things as they come up and you just set that goal and don't think twice about it and go over to it, it's probably going to happen. But if, like let's say a bird flies up and your horse looks at the bird or you tense up because you look at the, usually that happens to me. I tense up before the horse tenses up and then I spook myself. Um, it's real fun. Um, but if you ride from that place of like reacting to whatever takes you out of the moment, then you're just carrying yourself out of the moment even further. And it's just going to perpetuate a reactive process, which may then flare up your ego and may then cause emotions and may then cause whatever else. But if you're riding from a place of gratitude, yes, but even just like in the moment in that zone, then you lose that ability to be reactive because in order to stay in that moment in that zone, you can't be reactive. Like it just, it takes you out of it immediately. Thank you. That was like, (laughs) no, that was what I was trying to say too. Um, And that reaction that reaction is fear-based and fear comes from the ego too. So when you're riding that horse and like, I know you've got um, some PTSD and most horse riders have some PTSD. Um, We go to flashbacks of things that have happened. And if we stay in that place of fear and we ride from that place of reaction, 
that too is riding from the ego because we're using that fear to get through a ride. So instead, if you turn that, and I mean, it's hard to do, um, it's so hard to do, is you turn that fear into trust and you just take that, that fear that happens of like, oh my goodness, something bad's going to happen. And where you've got that little video going on in your head of, okay, in this scenario, in the past, this, 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 and this has happened, but there's also these other scenarios that could potentially happen because I've seen them happen before too. You get rid of all of that. You erase it. You let go. You're in the moment. You're with that horse and you're fully trusting. And you take all of that away because no matter if you ride from fear and you react, that's not going to change the outcome. If you tense up, the chances are you're actually going to fall off. Um, like it's more likely that you're going to fall off if you're tense. If you're in that moment and you, then you start hearing things or like, I always, um, I don't know. I, I think we've talked about this before. The electric shock that ends up going through you right before your horse does something that's unexpected. And it's just this electricity that goes through you and it's the horse is about to blow up. And if, if you're in the moment and you feel that, um, it, you can change that. You can say, instead of going to that fear of running through those movies of a million and one things that could go wrong, instead you just go, hey man, you're fine. And I'm, I'm saying that in the most relaxed and calm way possible. It is so hard to do. <laughs> to just throw your reins down and say, hey man, you're fine. And it, you just experience it. You experience it once. And in that one experience, that horse is like, okay, thanks, man. I am fine. This isn't a problem. Or, or he takes off. But then because you're not pulling on him, there's none of that aggression or that fear behind it. It's not the rest of the herd is also running behind him with fear because that's what it would feel like if you have fear on their back. If you're sitting there and you're just like, no, man, you're fine. We're fine right now. They typically come back and... It's like, it's pretty rare where I've had a horse just keep going. Um, they come back unless they have PTSD too, um, which sometimes happens. And in that case, like, I don't want people to start throwing their reins away. This is not what I'm talking about right now. Hey, your horse bolts, just throw the reins at his ears. Great idea. Yeah. Please don't get us sued. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, but like do what's comfortable for you and, you, you know your horse best. So in a lot of scenarios, just not reacting is the best reaction. And in pretty and, much almost every scenario, I'm going to say that's, I mean, and that goes for while you're on a horse or with your horse, as well as um, like in life, uh, like totally I'm, like the whole time you're talking about this, all I'm thinking of is people's relationship to pain or their pain or whatever it may be, but it's, essentially the same thing. I mean, if you have a long-standing issue with pain and you're reacting to it every day and you're blaming the pain for all your problems and all this stuff, I mean, you have to switch that perspective because pain is, pain is only, pain is you, right? Like, so pain isn't a separate entity. It is you. So if once you realize that and you can kind of say, well, if I'm, oh my, I can't do this because my back hurts or I can't do this because of my pain or oh, if my pain wasn't so bad, I would be in a better mood or all this stuff. It's like, you know what? The one controllable you do have is you. Um, so if you can switch the perspective to focusing on yourself, but also being open to allowing things to change, like that's what people get caught into both in riding and in pain um, or with uh, many other things, like endless things in their life. Um, it's just getting stuck in like, well, this is how it is and this is how it's going to be and I must react to only this. Um, it's funny what can happen once you start, I mean, reacting less, but being open to like seeing the whole picture as opposed to that one pinpoint of a like focus that you have, uh, it changes a lot of things. I think I knew where I was going with that. And then I kind of went somewhere else, but that's. No, that was great. Like that's, that was exactly, this is so good when you and I get on one of these because we can (laughs) like go back and forth, but just validating each other. (laughs) this is why we work uh because we also push there's also times where i'm like as if as if (laughs) once again my ego Um, (laughs) but um no it's you give your pain the power and you give your ego the power 
and you give your fear the power. If you don't give them the power, if you give love the power, gratitude the power, intent the power, um, if you feel like feeling good, if you give that the power, that's where your power is going to. That's where your energy is going to. Um, once again, um, if you're like sitting there and you're like, wow, these girls are crazy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you are correct, but it's 100% correct. I read something today about how, like when I think it was using the word crazy, somebody called me crazy and I just took that as being a limited edition. Um, and I'm going to own that. And I feel like we're both a limited edition, not of the same edition of something completely different, but um, <laughs> limited edition. Uh, so anyhow, you, that's, you're completely in control of where you're going to give your power. So if you decide when you get on that horse that you're going to give your power to trust and you're just going to trust that you're safe up there, nothing bad's going to happen and that you're not going to react. And I love like where you took that because like with the um, reaction part of it, how many times do you see somebody going around the arena going, my horse won't bend right. And they, they, they stop worrying about where the hind end is and what that inside hind is doing and how the back feels. Um, and they just stop worrying about everything else in the world except for that right bend or, or that collection. My horse won't keep his head down. They just, they stop worrying about everything else except for that one thing. And because they drill that one thing more and more and more and more and more, it gets worse and worse and worse because it's coming from a place of reaction and it's coming from a place of power. So the more they pull that horse to the right, the more that horse is going to counterbalance to the left. And the more they try to get that horse's head down, the more they're going to add tension to the back and that horse is going to have to hollow their back and put their head up. And there's lots of ways that you can force this. Um, and the, the forcing of the issue and the forcing of a horse to do something is just allowing our ego to completely take over. Um, because any, any time we force anything, we're, it's, we're trying to conquer. And one of the things that, um, it's, I mean, it's a tough lesson to learn. You can't conquer or control anything because no matter what, you have no control. You can't control the weather. You can't control the outcomes. You can't control other people's reactions. And you can't control if that horse is going to pile your ass or not. You can't control any of that. So when you let go of that control and you stop worrying about conquering that horse and then you just ride for what it is and just go with the flow, it, like, it really changes everything. And like you said earlier, it doesn't just change everything in your riding. It changes everything in your life because then you're not trying to conquer your pain. Mm-hmm. And you're not trying to conquer your body because if you're not trying to conquer it, then you can start actually taking it for what it is. You can be in your body and you can be part of your body and you can include your body in the experience instead of fighting it all the time. Well, and this is where like your whole relationship to not only yourself starts to change, but also to other people and other things in your life. So the examples we've used have been your horse and your performance on top of your horse or with your horse and pain as one example. But this also is going to feed into your relationships with other people, whether it be significant other family work relationships, whatever it may be um, as well as to situations you encounter day to day, as well as your relationship to yourself. And arguably the relationship to yourself is going to be the more important one to develop because I don't, I would say most people I meet don't have a great relationship to themselves and it. I see an impact especially their riding, but especially everything else in their life too. Um, so this, and it's funny because we're talking about this and to you and me, this is all like, we keep saying it's not simple stuff and like, it's not simple stuff. But I, I think even the way that we're saying that makes it seem like it's going to happen overnight for people. And like, it doesn't like, this is probably year four or five of me actually like looking into this stuff myself and experimenting with and just being open to it. And like, I still like the more I essentially, the more you think, like the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know about this and your relationship to yourself and your history and your relationship to the horse your relationship to other things in your life. And that kind of loops around to that subconscious thought I started the podcast with, where it's just like, what is your subconscious influenced by and where is it coming from? Because a lot of it's stuff that you aren't even aware of that happened in your life. And um, so like, <laughs> I feel like we need to like put a warning on this episode because everything that we're saying, like, yeah, it's not simple stuff, but it also doesn't come 
quickly, like it's like little bits of it come here and there when you least expect it. And you're like, Oh, Holy shit. I'm really grateful for this and this and this. And because I'm grateful for this and this and this, the situation doesn't seem as bad anymore. And I I don't need to react to it. Like I have reacted to it and the way I have been reacting to it might've made the problem a lot worse to begin with, or maybe the problem that I see in my relationship with somebody, um, the things that they're doing to me, they're not actually doing to me, but I'm reacting to it in a way that's making me the victim, but I don't need to be the victim here anymore. And like, there's so many examples I could give of like the stuff that we're talking about, because it is really the world that we live in, the world that we create or create for ourselves to live in. No, and that's spot on. Like that, that's exactly, um, once you start working on this stuff, don't start working on it. If you don't, you're not going to follow through on it because it can take you to a really dark place, <laughs> a super <laughs> duper dark place where like, cause when not, you just, don't, not just one dark place, it'll take you to a dark place and then it'll take you to a different darker place. And then it'll be like, yes. Huh. And, then, and then you'll get a glimmer of light and then it'll be like, just joking, we're going deeper. <laughs> um, but that's, that's learning who you are. And that's like, that's the journey of figuring out who you are is you, you start down that, like down that path and, and then you start meeting yourself and yeah, really and getting to know always- yourself. It's not always like a super like <laughs> pumped up networking coffee. A lot of the times it's like, oh God, <laughs> where did you come from and why are you here? <laughs> oh yeah. But but then it's the I don't like for the first, I don't know, three years it's fairly miserable. <laughs> and then you get to like this new place where you're like, oh, oh, I see something. And but that's what I think gets you hooked on it. And I found I found that why this applies to horses so well and why we end up keep, we keep going on like what are some pretty spiritual conversations in the grand scheme of things when we're supposed to be talking about horses <laughs> is the parallels. And I remember think like I had this epiphany like a month or two ago where I was thinking about horsemanship and my, like my journey in horsemanship and how I tried different things and, and the darkness that can go with that, where you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that to my horse for the past three years. What was yeah. I thinking? And you, you start reflecting on how you treated your horse and what you did. And the horse shows you, they don't hold it against you. They just say, hey, I'm glad you figured that out because you were being a dick. <laughs> and I have mares. So that's what they say to me. If it was a galding, I'd be like, oh, the, the apples made it okay. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that you start kind of looking at that and then you like you start looking at your uh like your spiritual growth journey and it's the same journey except now instead of having your horse tell you I mean your horse still can tell continues to tell you what's going on and helping you to reflect and helping you to move forward but you start going inside yourself to see some of this stuff a little bit more um and instead of having that horse say like I can't believe you did that it's it's like your inner child starts saying it and then you feel like a real jerk because you're like, Oh little buddy, I, I can't believe I did that to you. That was really mean and awful. And then you start feeling like you go through the different emotions of the, and I said the inner child thing because you had an inner child thing recently. <laughs> and then when yeah. you had the inner child thing, I was like, right after I had an inner child thing, I was like, Oh man, she gave it to me. It's like a disease. Um, <laughs> But it's, um, you start kind of seeing the way that you treated yourself and how, like, why did you have to treat yourself that way? Or you start seeing like the way that you've judged other people, or you start seeing the way that because of the, like you were just saying, your reactions to other people, which were completely based, nothing to do on that other person, but completely based on you you reacted to that person, you projected onto that other person because of stuff that you couldn't deal with. Mm-hmm. And so when you start, when that opens up and those floodgates open up and you start having to reflect on that, there's no more excuses and there's no more being victim and there's no more falling back on things. Instead, you just have to push forward and say, I'm going to own that. That was me. I did that. I'm not going to feel regret. I'm not going to feel guilt. 
I am going to forgive myself. I'm going to forgive that other person. Um, and I'm going to move forward. And that is what's so hard. And I think that that's also what horses can teach us because you, as you're doing this, a lot of times with your horses, you're doing that. Like I, I have two horses in the field too, maybe more, um, two horses in the field where I've had that relationship with, where I've done things to them through different styles of horsemanship and different types of training, which were detrimental to them. But then I learned from that and I, I apologized to them. I forgave myself. I, this is part of the learning process. Um, I'm going to move forward from this and I'm going to do better. And those horses have forgiven me. They never held anything against me to begin with. They, no. they had no problem with anything. But when I changed, not changed, but when I moved forward, when I grew, right away they were waiting for me to say, yeah, this is, I like this. Let's keep doing this. Stop doing that other thing you're doing. Let's do this. And so they teach you that process. They teach you how to grow and how to let go. And um, it it makes, I think it helps to make this journey a little bit, um, not easier, but uh, a little bit easier to get into maybe because you've already gone through that process with the horse. Well, and it's one of those things too where, I mean, that's the beauty of using horses as a tool to teach some of this stuff, which uh, is what we do in our retreats uh, next one, August 19th to 21st. Shameless plug. Yeah, Um, good plug. (laughs) But I mean, that's what makes horses such a, a good tool, like you're saying, for this process because horses like pretty much, well, all animals, I guess, except for humans because we're complicated, but they all exist in the moment. Like they exist in the exact second that they're existing in. And yeah, maybe they remember past things and things stick around in their tissues and their brains and and all that stuff in the same way they do for humans. But humans have this like both handy, but not so handy ability to live in the past or in the future. Um, And it doesn't usually serve us. Like, yes, it's important to have goals and yes, it's important to reflect on what has been or what you've gone through. But when it really comes down to it, your highest performance and your high ability, highest ability to exist is going to be in this moment. So you're right. Like you were learning all these things and you're picking out like, Oh, holy shit. How could I have done that back then? Or whatever. How could I have thought that way then? And the, even me as a therapist, like there's things that I learned and practiced and used in my practice that, I mean, it's not, they're dangerous or ineffective now, but I look back and I'm like, wow, I really used to think that way. And that's really where I, where I was. And now I wouldn't even think of recommending that one, what one way of thinking or doing or being, as I did then. And I'm sure in five years, I'll have a completely other set of way of teaching and and being with clients and whatever else. But this, that's the process. And like, all you have right now is, is, is this moment. So, um, and to bring this back into a higher performance setting for any athletes that are listening and haven't written us off as crazy people, um, limited edition though, it's fine. Um, to be in a athletic setting and be performing at your highest, you can't exist in anything but the moment. That's what they call being in the zone. Um, you, if you're focusing on like, let's say, let's take show jumping, for example, or hunter jumper, if you're focusing on the round that you just had, and maybe it wasn't the greatest round, but you're focusing on the mistake you made in the round prior to the round you're about to ride into, guaranteed you're going to have some like fall back from the round prior because you're focusing on that. You're not focusing on what's really like in the moment that you're in. And there's really, <laughs> there's something that I mean, I did when I was competing all the time and still do now in lessons and that kind of thing. It's like the first fence itis thing where like you get so focused on making that mistake at the first fence that like, guaranteed you make a mistake at the first fence or you chip in or whatever it may be. Um, but to be focused, and I said this earlier to be to make those mistakes and to be living outside of the moment, you are reacting to something that's past or is going to be, or you think might happen and you're not staying in that one floaty moment that you're in and living in a moment. I mean, that's principles taken from mindfulness, all those different wellness practices that are all very good and important and, and useful, but like just being in a moment. And most people would really struggle to do that. I would argue if you ask them to, but to be fair, if you're going to be a high performance athlete or work with horses or do anything, whether it be career relationship, um, athletic performance related, you have to have an ability to exist in the moment because 
the future and the past are like they really can just wreak havoc for you if you focus on them too much no it's and going back to your performance thing it's acknowledging what your mistake was and then moving forward from that yeah it's not dwelling on it because you, you made the mistake. You know what the mistake is. Therefore, learn from it. Move forward. Um, and continuing to, like, this is such a great lesson. And it's, like, it is a tough lesson to learn not living in the past because we have to go back to the past to heal our wounds of the past so that we can move forward. But we can't stay in the past. And we can't dwell in the past. Um, and it's the same, you can't go into the future constantly and constantly thinking, well, this is where I want to be. It, how many quotes out there are there? Wow, I worded that poorly. <laughs> how many quotes are there of people saying it's the journey that matter and matters in about a million different ways? Yeah. How many people have said that? And there are people that are further, not further, that maybe further? More developed. Yeah, in a different place. In a different place. But they're in a, like a more a place of higher growth. Hey, that was better. Um, <laughs> see, I'm learning. I'm learning from my mistakes of the past of using the same word over and over and over and over again. Um, so if, if there's that many people that have said that, I have to believe that they, there's something to it that it's the journey that matters. And how many times have we reached a goal? And when you reach that goal, you're like, oh, well, now what? Now what? Now I have to come up with a new goal. <laughs> and it's, it's the learning process. Like when you, when you really sit down and start enjoying the learning process, and this was a, this was a tough one for me because I am a hyper person. And I am a person that I want things now. I'm not super duper patient. I don't think anybody's ever used that word with me. Um, except with horses, training horses. I can be patient then. But anyhow, where I'm going with this, I'm not just talking about me. My ego is not taking over completely. Um, it was really hard for me to learn how to just like sit in the learning process and uh, enjoy it. Um, it, you're talking to somebody right now. It's oh no, I'm good. You're good now? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, like to just sit in it and, uh, really enjoy it. And I found, I think it was like this summer, it was probably this summer where I just really started enjoying it, the ups and the downs, um, and just taking them for what they are and it's growth. Because when I was having the downs and I still like when I'm in any sort of down, cause I mean, we all go through them. I'm like, I just start going to that place where I'm like, Oh, I don't think I'm never going to get out of this anymore. I just think I have to deal with this and I don't want to. And then I get on the other side and I'm like, Oh wow. I'm really glad I pushed myself through that. And it gets easier and easier every time, but then you, you actually start to enjoy it. And I guess it's kind of an enjoyment in a sick way. Like okay. how, how people enjoy doing like those Ironman competitions and pushing their bodies to a place where no body should ever be pushed. Um, I don't know if you want to add to that. That's usually one of your ranty topics. <laughs> um, no, I mean, this is something I've been planning on, on saying anyway, an adjunct to that, but it's, it's like, again, to bring this into a higher performance mindset or, um, goal oriented mindset. Like, again, it sounds like we're saying, Oh, you have to focus on all these little things and whatever. And like, it's completely different from a, a lot of like, how do I say this and sound nice? Um, a lot of like basic playbooks would say. So like people usually think in order to be a super high performance athlete or really good at an athletic task, you have to like be super fit, um, have your mental game on point and like have all these goal oriented things going on. And, all these things, but I mean, and I've started really noticing this, the more I go through business development and leadership and, um, like other performance based stuff in my life. Whereas I used to have all these athletic performance goals and it, not that I don't still, but they've changed context for me. And now it's more business and personal development, all this kind of thing. It all fits into the same thing. And if you look at high performance athletes who are at the top of their game, 
if you look at successful business people, if you look at successful musicians, whatever it may be, anybody who's successful at something that they love to do or that they've chosen to follow a path in focuses, focus is the wrong word, but works on this stuff. Like you can't have success in one area of your life and not have success in others if you're going to have full success overall as a human being. So yes, of course, there is very successful people who have crappy home lives or crappy personal lives because they put all their focus into one thing. But if you really focus on your personal development, guaranteed it's going to have positive effects on, (laughs) there's positive and negative again, but um, effects on your performance in every other area of your life. So for those of you, again, listening to this and saying, well, how do I translate all this stuff into my performance in the saddle or my performance in competitions or like, shouldn't I be focusing on getting stronger? I thought this podcast was going to tell me how to get fitter. And so I didn't hurt when I was riding and all this stuff. Like it is, this is like a bigger picture conversation on all the little things that yes, we should be focusing on and, and should have an awareness of at the very least. Again, I don't like the word focus because it sounds like you're just like pinpointing one idea, but yeah, you need to be fit to be a good athlete and you have to have a good mental practice to be a good athlete and you have to have an awareness of your body and your mind to be good in the saddle and helpful to your horse and and pick up on all these different things. But in order to do all those things really, really, really well, you have to be open to this, this concept that we're talking about today where it's bigger picture approach and it's sometimes like shit hits you all at once in a huge wave and you're like, wow, well, that was two years that I could have, if I realized this two years ago, I've been a lot farther down the line but also you needed that two years for some reason or another to go through that whatever maze of processes that led you to that one epiphany that solved a bunch of problems for you or sometimes it's like little glimpses like day by day minute by minute where you're like where is this even like taking me where am I going like what am I doing here and like all these things and those those like exist like those crises that people have where it's like I don't even know what all of this is about and I don't get it like whatever it's Again, it's having some ability to step back into the moment and realize that all of this is a process. It's taking you somewhere. The journey is way more valuable than any one goal that you're going to accomplish. And I, again, I guarantee you, if you talk to Olympic level athletes, they'll tell you the same thing. Like, yeah, it's great that they accomplished their goals in the athletic realm, but if they didn't have something outside of that to continue on in their journey for, then what all of it, like, what's it all worth? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's my rant on that. No, thank you. That, that took my up in the air thing. Cause I'm like super airy today and it grounded it. It really grounded it. I'm in a very earthy mood right now. This, we always, I love, it's just so amazing how often we compliment one another. I'll be on fire. You'll be some water energy <laughs> or or actually, I think what happens more often is I'm on fire and then you're air and then we both like combine. <laughs> <laughs> and that takes us both the week to recover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, like this is going back to a previous podcast where we were talking about the good that comes from everything. Mm-hmm. Like it, when you look back at some of the worst like you like things in your life that are absolutely terrible and you look back at that all of a sudden you realize all the good that came from that and sometimes that's really hard to do but um the sometimes one that's really annoying like oh it's so annoying I mean when people talk about this and this is something I meant to say earlier too is that I mean, a lot of times you hear people talk about this stuff and they're talking, and this is why I agree with you using the term positive and negative is, I mean, it's overdone. And like, there's been this whole like cultural influence the last however many years where it's like, think positive, think happy thoughts, like only think positive and you'll manifest positive things. And like all the, like all that. And like, honestly, that's bullshit. Like that's not how life works. And, and even when people like, people frame this way of thinking where it's like you look back and even the worst experience in your life there's going to be something you can take from it that doesn't like I hate it when people frame that as like have an optimist approach to life because it isn't necessarily it's still like it could still be looking at some awful event in your life and you maybe don't have um it's not like you're bubbly and smiling because you found something to take from it but I mean why not find something to take from it like I don't know like I think I'm getting that across the way I want it to where it's like, because people always kind of like just make fun of like the, Oh, whatever. You always find something good in everything. Like 
whatever. And people get annoyed by it sometimes, but it's like, why wouldn't you like, why wouldn't you take the opportunity to find something in something that was maybe yes, horrible and traumatic and all these different things, but isn't it better to take something from it than just be left with like a gaping hole in your personality or your life, like because of it. It's exactly. And like going back to the, um, the having the positive outlook and uh if you think positive positive things will happen and they're all that you have no control so the thinking positive thing it like it's just being like deep down in your subconscious you believing that everything no matter what happens everything's going to be okay And that's the good and the bad that happens. So if you think positive, positive things are going to happen, that's not, that's not reality because there's nobody's life is going to go sunshine, buttercups and puppies. And if it does, because there's no negatives happening, they're not going to be able to appreciate it. So even if they do, no, and they're not learning very much. So when instead of like positive thoughts, you, you know who you are. And you are in the moment and you're grateful for everything that comes at you and you start seeing the positive and everything that comes at you, even if it takes five years to see that positive, you trust deep down that that happened for a reason and you're going to know that reason. Then all of a sudden you have less dark days and you have less bad rides and you have more... um, Oh, stupid words. You have more positive things come because <laughs> it, it, because you're not allowing things to drag you down anymore. You're, you're just waiting and saying like, no, I have no control over this. I can think positive until the cows come home. I can just keep thinking positive. Um, it, it's, it's being... It's just trusting that everything is going to happen for a reason and seeing the, po- the potential positives and everything. And then all of a sudden, a lot of things have meaning. So you getting bucked off by uh, that horse, maybe that was a wake-up call. Maybe that was to introduce you to something. Um, maybe that was to change something. And actually, embarrassing story. Um, I was riding a client's horse the other day and the saddle slipped off. He spooked at a bird and the saddle came off on his side. Um, so I fell off. Uh, and I mean, it's like as a trainer and a coach and everything, it still happens. People fall off, but I was standing still. I wasn't like, we were like leisurely walking and this (laughs) bird popped out and I fell off. And so I'm on the ground and I'm like, well, thank you universe. I guess my ego needed a little there. Um, but that wasn't what it was at all. Um, I was, uh, you gave me a couple books on herbology and I was doing some essential oil blends for muscle. And I had somebody come to me that has some hip pain. My hip is so sore right now. Um, me falling off a horse at a standstill and I even like tucked and rolled. I landed really nicely, but I landed on a muscle that was tight. And so it, it's seriously like it will not release. I really need you to come to Alberta and help me. Um, but what it's been doing, I have been experimenting so much lately. (laughs) Because I've got this pain that like no matter what exercises I do, it's just not going away. And like there's definitely some other stuff attached to it, but I've been using it. And I'm like, hey, you just stay there. Don't go away right now because I need you. Um, And I've been experimenting with it. And I've been coming up with some really cool muscle blends because I've been able to say, okay, well, I got two hours of relief from that one. And if I put this one on at night, I woke up the next morning and I had full relief and I didn't wake up with a backache and like different things. So you start being able to like, it, it's, it's a different mindset to be in because I've, I've never really been in this mindset before where something happens and you start looking at it like, oh, that, that severe pain that is preventing me from sleeping right now is perfect. That's exactly what I needed. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can do with reframing something like that. And I mean, that's something I wish more people 
would be open to utilizing because it, I mean, it is hard work, but it's a lot easier than suffering <laughs> too. Um, so much easier. Yeah. It's so much easier. I mean, it's, it's a hard, it's one of those things. It's like anything positive change related. Uh, I use that word again. Um, but it's like anything change related where like, it seems like such a big barrier and like so much work and like, I mean, healthy eating is a great example of this. It seems like so much work and, oh my God, it's like going to be more expensive and all this. And I really just crave this one thing. But I mean, once you make that small, tiny change where you eat like a salad instead of a pizza at one point and you were like, oh, I feel better. I notice different things in my body. I don't have this huge energy crash. I don't have all this stuff. And 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 something like this, we're like, yeah, you're stuck with this hip pain because you had this fall and you're but you're realizing that it's allowing you to experiment with different things. And through that experimentation, it's taking your mind off of the acute pain in that one area, because in all reality, that pain is going to go away. That pain is, you're not going to be stuck with that pain and nobody's ever going to be stuck with any amount of pain that they have. People get stuck in that thought process, but hear me now, you are not stuck with that pain, but because you are taking your focus elsewhere, elsewhere and reframing the situation, that pain is diminished to some level because you're just not focusing on it. You're not reacting to it. It's like, it's like so many of these things, this is maybe because I'm staying with my two young cousins right now. It's so many of these things are like when you have a toddler and like, we all know that if you react to a toddler having a temper tantrum, or if you react to a horse having a temper tantrum, the temper tantrum is going to get worse because you're reacting to it. But if you don't react to it, usually it'll calm down. (laughs) Like it'll chill out. Oh, that's such an awesome analogy. That's totally what it is too. Like, and it applies to everything. It applies to pain. It applies to negative relationships. It, yeah. Like, you take that analogy and apply it to anything you want. You are giving the toddler the power, and no toddler should have any sort of power. <laughs> no, and that toddler, I mean, is essentially our ego. Our, that toddler is our like monkey mind that wants to take one thing and make it this big issue, but. The more you can say like, no, I'm not going to react to this the way you want me to. I'm not going to react to this at all. I'm going to, like, I'm just going to like ride this out and like find other things to focus on or experience, experience it. Like, this is what we're here for, to have experiences, like good, bad, negative, whatever it may be, like experience shit and see what comes up from it. I mean, that's the fun part. Choose to see it as fun. Like, I think that's the important, choose to see it as interesting, choose to see it as what it is like don't don't react to something that seems easy aka negative oh, you you totally read my mind on the whole toddler thing the toddlers the ego but then um yeah the oh, what a great conversation um i I'm, i don't think i'm gonna add to that because you just totally nailed it um so i think that we should finish up with a challenge we need a bell (laughs) we need many sound effects um well i mean this is pretty timely because so we're going to release this episode this week and then this week we're recording with the person i've been talking about forever scott um who is like his specialty is this topic essentially so we're gonna be talking to him this week and we'll release that episode next week so maybe we should do some sort of challenge related to, I don't know. I lost it. What do you think? But I mean, he's going to be here next week. So maybe we do a challenge that's somewhat related to this concept of, um, I guess you could say mindfulness, but being in the zone athletically, uh, being in the moment in your life. I don't know what challenge um, that would be. Just uh, going through the next couple days and for Anything that happens that you would typically be like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Put a positive spin on it. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Just see if you can notice your reaction to things, I think is a good one. Yeah. It's like the next time you get stuck in traffic, the next time you get cut off. Oh, I've got driving on the brain. The next time <laughs> you burn toast. Um, no, ideas aren't coming. The next time your horse chews on your saddle. Um, it's, I don't know, insert. Those aren't great examples, but I'm sure sure our creative listeners can come up with something, something more productive. And, uh, 
<laughs> they will enlighten us as they usually do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So this has been another enlightening episode of your horse is not the problem with Kat and Sarah. We will and talk to you next week and, and come to our <gasps> retreat. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're totally going to start to having a thesaurus when we're doing this so we can look up words for replacing positive and negative. Yeah. And if any listeners want to throw suggestions at us, there's a good challenge for you. Throw us some better words, worthy words for us to use because clearly we are lacking in our vocabulary. Which is so weird because we both read a lot. (laughs) I know we both read incessantly Um, and I use words like incessantly. So I don't know, but yeah. So thank you for listening. And we can't wait to see you at our retreat, October 19th, 21st. Mm-hmm. And until next time, keep remembering your horse is not the problem. Talk to Ding. you soon. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me just stop this recording. <laughs>